Coming up on this week's show, Lisa is here with book recommendations, and we remember author, publisher, and GRL organizer, Ethan Day. This is the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week, we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. Welcome to episode 163 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com, and with me, as always, is my co-host and the husband that I am thankful for, Will Knaus. This episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by our remarkable group of supporters on Patreon. A big thanks this week to Rob for joining us. We'll have more information on how you can join all of our patrons in just a few moments. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Welcome everyone who is listening. We are glad you are joining us once again for another episode of the podcast. We want to wish everyone in the U.S. a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, this episode is going out on Monday, but Thursday is right around the corner. I hope you've taken your turkeys out of the freezer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a magical turkey like ours that apparently can go magic, in the freezer. We, we bought a magic turkey this year. <laughs> it cooks in a bag, comes right out of the freezer, pops right into the oven. Yeah. It's kind of nice how that just takes care of itself. So hopefully you are spending time with those you love and appreciate and are truly thankful for. Yes, indeed. Uh, We want to take uh, some time up here in the front of the show uh, to talk about what's been uh, in the community's mind this week. Uh, We found out last Sunday, uh, just hours after we recorded last week's show, actually, um, that Ethan Day had passed away. Uh, Ethan, of course, is, as you mentioned in the upfront, he's an author with many books uh, that he has written, along with several that he's co-written uh, with Jeffrey Knight. He is was a publisher for a while. He and Jeff had started Wild City Press. And, of course, he is also one of the founding organizers of Gay Romlet. Uh, and, of course, many of us uh, saw him just not even a month ago at Gay Romlet in Portsmouth, and it was... Certainly a shock to everyone in the community that news had come that he had suddenly passed away. Um, I have never seen Facebook uh, come together in such a way to uh, honor somebody that we all knew. Uh, the outpouring of love and support that was on Facebook through the through through all of last week, honestly, um, was amazing and so great to see the community come together to remember him. What are your thoughts? Well, as you mentioned before, uh, when it came to social media, once everyone was kind of finished expressing their uh, shock and grief, I was kind of um, heartened. It made me feel good to see everyone posting so many wonderful pictures with um, Ethan. So many happy, smiling faces and so many genuinely happy memories as well. Yeah, it was that was incredible to see uh, because Ethan was always smiling, even in the middle of Gay Romlet when he was running around playing, playing host, playing organizer, he was always smiling because I think he genuinely loved what he did. Uh, and he expressed that a little bit when we had the GRL gang on the show a couple years ago mm-hmm. talking about why they did Gay Romlet. It struck me, one of the things that you've said coming off of Gay Romlet this year is that we have the tendency to run around and be like, oh, hi, nice to see you. We need to catch up because now I've got to go over here to do this thing. Uh, we were very lucky to be able to spend some minutes with Ethan uh, at the 80s costume party this year. He 
we we tend to stay on the periphery as anybody who's been to a gay romlet party and run into us knows we usually hang out in the corner watch the crowd do its thing but this year ethan came over to our table we also had tracy ward hanging out with us for a little bit at the table uh and we just got to chat about the conference as it had played out and just about life in general um one of the extended moments that we had with ethan and tracy was discussing xanadu uh the the 1980 something movie uh will was in a xanadu t-shirt and uh we found out that tracy didn't she knew of the movie but had never seen it and we actually huddled up at this table in the corner and watched on youtube a good part of the bonkers roller skating finale um ethan loves that to do i think but as much as we did actually <laughs> and uh, we got to kind of have a a little moment over that as well as the group who dressed as jim in the hologram so i'm glad we got that final moment um i'm truly just shocked that he has passed away and it's going to be interesting to see just how the how the community kind of rallies afterwards there is a gofundme that has happened uh that we'll put a link to in the show notes uh that is out there to help his family both with the uh funeral arrangements as well as to make sure that the the writing that he has done continues to be out in the world uh for all to see so that we can all you know spend a moment with ethan at any time uh through his books and we've also seen this week that uh, Jeff Knight also plans to finish off uh, the Crazy Like a Fox series, I believe is what that series is called. Uh, it's definitely the Fox series uh, that they co-wrote together because they were working on uh, one final book. So that, he has said, will also come out sometime in 2019. So uh, thanks to everybody who's been out there uh, remembering uh, Ethan over the past week. And Ethan, you will certainly be missed. In the Hockey Player's Heart, The Feel-Good Gay Romance by Jeff Adams and Will Knaus, hockey star Caleb Carter returns to his hometown to recover from an injury. He never expects to run into his one-time crush at a grade school fundraiser. Seeing Aaron Price hits him hard, like being checked into the boards. The attraction is still there, even after all these years, and Caleb decides to make a play for the school teacher. You miss 100% of the shots you never take, right? Aaron has been burned by love before and can't imagine what a celebrity like Caleb could possibly see in a guy like him. Their differences are just too great. But as Aaron spends more time with Caleb, he begins to wonder if he might have what it takes to win the hockey player's heart. Get the hockey player's heart in ebook, paperback, or as an audiobook performed by me, Finn Sterling, wherever you buy books. This past weekend, we actually had an opportunity to go to the movies and see one of those awesome Fathom events that they always talk about. Uh, this one was for a London musical called Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Uh, this is about a 16-year-old boy who wants to be a drag queen. And it's based on a documentary, a BBC documentary from a few years back called Jamie, Drag Queen at 16. Uh, the musical is exactly what it sounds like it is. You've got a 16-year-old boy who goes to school uh, in, a, in a small town, I believe it was Sheffield, and he wants to be a drag queen. He loves wearing his mom's shoes. That's kind of where it seems to start. And one day after school, he wanders into a shop that is managed by a drag queen and gets himself outfitted and ends up with a gig at a local drag club. Uh, that unfortunately his uh, mates from school choose to also go to. Uh, 
because word's gotten out that he's going to do it. And as you can imagine, there's a little bit of bullying going on. Uh, there's also a plot where his mom, who is extremely supportive and awesome, uh, tends to hide from him that his dad, who is th that she's divorced from, uh, really doesn't want to see him anymore because uh, he is gay. And uh, when he actually goes to his dad to tell him about the show, um, that does not go well at all. Uh, but Jamie perseveres, actually gets to go to the prom uh, in a dress uh, and... This whole show just gave you all of the good feels, uh, even as some of the rough parts happened. It reminded me sort of a little bit Kinky Boots, a little bit uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Um, I just, I adored everything about this. Uh, what did you think? Um, when it comes to everybody's talking about Jamie, I think we've seen these sort of coming out, coming of age um, stories before. Um, so that's not precisely... Um, uh, fresh or original, <laughs> but what is fresh and original is this particular production's uh, take on the subject matter. The music is wonderful. The production is wonderful. Everyone in the cast is actually quite exceptional. Um, and it takes this essentially what is sort of a movie of the week scenario and mm. really infuses it with heart and fun and joy uh, we really... I hadn't actually even heard of this show before. I hadn't either. <laughs> um, it, it kind of uh, came across my news feed on social media uh, as a commercial for Fathom Events. And I was like, oh, maybe we should check this out. So that's what we did. And we are very glad that we uh, went to the movies to go see this. Yes. Uh, John McRae, uh, who is playing Jamie, was just a ball of energy. He was amazing. His vocals were amazing. Uh, his choreography, the boy is so limber. Oh my God. I, I, I don't think I was ever that limber uh, as at any age. You, no. Oh! <laughs> yeah, but he's right though. Um, Josie Walker, who plays his mom, also has some standout moments. She gets, I, I think she has the 11 o'clock number mm -hmm. um, yeah. with her her big song that you know really lays out how she feels about her son. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. Uh, all things Fathom Events seem to come back around at some point. So you know, if you watch for Fathom Events at your local theater, keep an eye out for it. This show still runs in London. Uh, it's still a West End hit, and John McRae is actually still in the role through near the end of January of 2019. Uh, there's also a cast recording that's available um, on iTunes and all the usual outlets. So certainly highly recommend everybody's talking about Jamie. Now, you have a book for us uh, this week by someone we've got coming up as a guest on the show in a couple weeks. Oh, wait, now you've spoiled it. It's not a secret anymore. Not, not that we keep secrets. Um, yes, author Sylvia Violet will be coming on the show uh, in a couple of weeks, and I was very happy to read her book Chance at Love this past week. Um, Chance is a young guy. He's a grad student, and the cute meat of the story happens uh, on board a plane in first class. Uh, this is Chance's first time um flying first class, so he's a bit excited and giddy, <laughs> and uh, he sits uh, next to a guy named Darren, who is an uh, incredibly handsome, hot, rich daddy type, <laughs> um, and uh, at first, Darren isn't sure what to make of this um, 
bubbly, energetic young guy, but over the course of the flight, they get to talking and then get to know one another and there's definite chemistry there. Um, but once the flight is over, so is uh, the possibility of their relationship. Fast forward a couple of weeks where they have a second cute meet. Um, this is a romance after all. Um, <laughs> uh, Darren and Chance run into one another at a gala for the local LGBT center. And uh, Chance isn't going to let this second Chance get away from him. Uh, he manages to pull Darren aside and they have an assignation in a supply closet, which is <laughs> which is uh, funny and incredibly sexy at the same time. Um, I like that you've used the word assignation. <laughs> ten dollar word, check. Okay. Um, uh, so from there begins their relationship. And I think what's interesting about uh, Chance at Love is that it's a pretty... I struggle to think of the correct word. It's... Uh, it's a very straightforward romance, and that is was exactly what I was looking for this week. Uh, I wanted a nice feel-good book um, that wasn't gonna, you know, be all, you know, funky and angsty. <laughs> um, so that's what I got with Chance at Love, and I really appreciated that. Um, it's a pretty straightforward romance and story. Um, once they begin their relationship, they're both. Um, pretty tentative about it because of um uh for one thing the age difference there's about 18 years between the two of them and mm -hmm. plus plus you know where they sit on the social ladder but the more time that they spend together um such as darren visits chance at an equine therapy center um chance grew up in texas so he loves horses and he volunteers time at this equine center uh, and um, once they get to know one another and who they really are, not just like kind of the surface stuff, like, oh, you're old. Oh, I'm young. We have. <laughs> <laughs> once they get past that, they know they're really into one another. Unfortunately, um, they hit a bump in the road when um, Darren asked Chance to be his like plus one at an extremely ritzy um, gala. Because that's essentially what Darren does. He comes from an incredibly wealthy family. Uh, and he's the one who manages the money. And uh, essentially his full-time job is finding ways to give it away. Okay. <laughs> that's his job. That's a nice job. <laughs> it is. It's pretty cool. Um, so things do not go well at this gala. And Chance finally decides that it's not meant to be. They're just too, too different. Um, the differences are too vast, so he runs home to Texas, and um, Darren finally decides to go all in and, you know, prove that this is um, what he wants, most definitely, and the differences don't, uh, don't matter. It's what they actually genuinely feel for one another, <laughs> and so he does the grand gesture and flies to Texas, and they reunite, and it's all feel good happy schmoopy times um, which i which i really appreciated um so feel yeah. good happy schmoopy time that, yeah. that's a good book quote right there so while the book is you know uh, a pretty you know as as romances go it's a pretty straight line from beginning to end a traditional you know narrative romance 
arc and there's not a lot of complications. What I really liked about this book is that um, over the course of the story when the two characters are getting to know one another, it's very it's very real, it's very genuine. They just do normal date type things and they they're two nice guys who really like each other and it's just nice. It just felt nice. I like the idea of what you said with the with essentially two cute meets because you get that one random <laughs> moment on the plane yeah. and then you get the more in-depth when they show up at the same place mm-hmm. uh, for that event. So, cool. Yeah. So, I highly recommend Chance at Love by Sylvia Violet. And as Jeff mentioned, uh, we're going to have her on the podcast yeah. in a couple of weeks, exactly. um, which I'm really... We, we did the interview a day or two ago, uh, and it's a really good one. I'm, I'm really happy with it, and I can't wait for you all to hear it. <laughs> it's going to be there. It's good. So I've done a couple of books uh, over the last few weeks as well. Uh, I went back to Layla Rain, who I think I think is well established now that I adore her books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked up Craft Brew, which is the second book in her new Trouble Brewing series. And of course, well, I adored it. Do I need to say anything else about it, really? <laughs> Probably not, but go ahead. What's it about? So this continues. <laughs> this trilogy, of course, focuses on kidnap and rescue expert Cameron Byrne and U.S. District Attorney Dominic Price. Uh, this time out, um, we're, we're essentially continuing with things that we've uh, learned in the first book. So um, Dominic continues to deal with the pressures being put on him because of his father's bad business dealings that have put him significantly in debt with some really bad people. Uh, but that kind of bubbles under the surface in this book uh, because most of the focus on this is with uh, Cam and his family. Cam has to go home from uh, back to Boston from San Francisco when he learns that his mom is in the hospital with some severe heart conditions. And while he's there, he finds that he's also uh, kind of ends up helping the local police department that he used to work with uh, with the case of a missing girl. And this actually brings a lot of things back home uh, for Cam, because his sister, uh, when he was a young, when he was young and growing up, uh, disappeared, and he's blamed himself for years on this. He was supposed to go with his big brother uh, to pick her up from the library, and they opted to make her walk home alone because they had other things to do, and she never came home. And so that's been a big riff in the family for decades now. Um, so not only is he dealing with having to help the local PD, but it's also dealing with all the feelings about this case, which it turns out it is the same person who kidnapped his sister years ago who has done this latest kidnapping and has been doing these kidnappings for years. Um, Dominic eventually uh, comes out to help Cam with the case. And so now there's this extra layer that uh, Cam's never come out to his parents as bisexual. And now he really wants uh, Cam, or Dominic rather, to comfort him and to take care of him and yet have to keep space between them around the family so that they don't catch on. Uh, So there is a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, Layla, she does so good with her her main characters doing the push-pull between them. And and here you really wonder if they're going to survive being at home, being around uh, Cam's parents and dealing with everything around the family. Um, And at the same time, when they get these moments when they're alone, their chemistry pops so much. 
And on the on the suspense side of the spectrum here, you've got I don't know how she does it. I, I just really want to study her books and how she builds the suspense because I was like part of this I listened to on a plane and I was like gripping the armrests because it was like, my God, what's about to happen here? <laughs> it was so I felt and I felt like I was watching a movie too, because she wrote it so vividly that I could just see the whole thing. Uh, in my brain, uh, if you're if you're into romantic suspense at all, and you're not reading really, reading Layla's books, you really should be. Uh, I know the third book of this is coming out in early 2019, and it will not get here fast enough so that we can see how all this stuff sorts itself out. So I highly recommend Craft Brew uh, from Layla Rain and the entire uh, Trouble Brewing series so far. I kept going in romantic suspense this week. Uh, this one I picked up because Joel Leslie messaged me and said, you should read this. Uh, and he was 100% right, of course. Uh, he's never led me wrong with a book so far. Uh, Hidden in Darkness is uh, from a new-to-me author, Alice Winters. Uh, and, of course, I did the audiobook for this because it is uh, from Joel, uh, who's also recently released the second book in this series. Mm -hmm. I, I should add, also came out, I believe, this past week, even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in Hidden in Darkness, uh, we find uh, Lane and Felix. Lane is a police officer who's been undercover uh, with some really, really nasty people. Uh, in fact, the opening chapter here is Lane escaping from where he's been held. He manages to get out of his bonds and escape from this building. Um, he's extremely injured and he's been blinded at the same time. So the escape is not easy. Uh, and what she did, I'll, I'll particularly focus on this opening chapter here. The way that she did this opening chapter from Lane's POV and getting out and not being able to see was quite extraordinary. I really appreciated the writing in that chapter in particular. Uh, the rest of the book basically comes from Felix's point of view, and Felix has been hired to essentially be Lane's caregiver as he comes to grips with having to navigate the world now um, as a blind man. Uh, most of his other injuries are are now um, fixed. He's recovered. That's a better way to put that. <laughs> fixed. Uh, so Felix has come in to help him navigate his house, make sure he eats, you know, and is taken care of. Um, these two are oil and water <laughs> from the very beginning. Felix is happy. He's bouncy. He wants to do what he, he wants to do this job right and take care of this man. And and Lane wants none of it. Uh, he he's very proud. He wants to get on on his own. He's already been through a couple of caregivers uh, before Felix gets here. Uh, but Felix is having none of it. Um, he's there to do a job, and he wants to do that job well. And he will put Lane in his place when necessary <laughs> to do that job. But Felix is also a bit of a snooper and very soon finds out that Lane is a cop. He's got a badge and a safe and a gun in a safe. Um, and he very firsthand finds out how bad these people were because on his way back from the grocery store one evening, he is pulled into an alley and beaten up because uh, they, these people want to get at Lane. And what ends up and happens in this book is they end up essentially working the case together mm -hmm. because they have to kind of go on the run to get away from these people who keep coming after them. Um, I don't know. I can't imagine being in Felix's shoes trying to 
help the guy who knows how to be the police officer who can't see getting through all these scenarios. But then Felix kind of gets into it and he ends up making stuff up as he goes. He's like, well, I think we could go do this. And he'll just go off before Lane can respond to the plan. And then he finds out he's in kind of over his head a little bit. Uh, and as they pull themselves out of the scenario and kind of, and Lane kind of goes, you need to calm down and stop doing this. And then Felix goes, I know, but then they'll all go off and do it again. Um, I was so into this and, and especially the chemistry between, uh, Felix and Lane. There's a little bit of a May, December going on there. I think they're about 10 years, 10 to 12 years age difference between them as well. Uh, and as they both initially kind of come together as just like almost a one-off hookup, you know, two people kind of there and just, you know, getting together. And as they really evolve to care for each other and genuinely, Felix genuinely wants to help Lane and Lane gets to the point where he can let that happen and let himself fall in love. It, I, I loved it. And I'm so glad that Joel put this in front of me. I'm definitely going to pick up uh, the second in the series to see uh, what goes on next between Lane and Felix. And uh, happy to say, projecting into 2019, that we actually get to have Alice on the show um, in early 2019. So I'm very excited to talk to her about this series in just a few weeks. So yeah, Hidden in Darkness, Alice Winters. Uh, pick that one up if you want some romantic suspense in your life. Now, when Joel originally um, recommended this book to us, he told us to, if I remember correctly... Um, ignore the cover and <laughs> um, the title. The ti- the well, the the title uh, suggests something much um, darker and angstier, as well as the cover. It's practically all black. Do you feel that was a correct assessment? The book is a little bit lighter and different than its packaging might imply. I will say that the audiobook cover. Which is slightly different than the uh, ebook paperback. Mm-hmm. I think the audiobook cover is more suggestive of what the tone is because the the especially the ebook or sorry the audiobook cover to me just it, it's a romantic suspense cover mm-hmm. in my mind um, and hidden in darkness especially once you read the blurb it all kind of clicks together yeah for what it means yeah cool so yes. Okay. If you are interested in purchasing any of the books we have just mentioned, all you have to do is go to biggayfictionpodcast.com and check out the show notes page. That is where we have all the little linky doos <laughs> so that you can purchase whatever we just talked about. Now, you can also help support the Big Gay Fiction Podcast with a monthly pledge through Patreon. Your pledge every month helps pay for the cost of producing and distributing this show. Now, fans who pledge at the silver and gold levels, you'll have the exclusive opportunity to ask questions of some of our upcoming guests. Um, that's always cool. We got, you have an updated list. I will have an updated list that actually goes out this week. I've been booking okay. a lot of people over the last week or so for uh, first of the year shows. Fantastic. Yeah. Lots to look forward to in January. Oh, yeah. Lots of good stuff. Also, all patrons have the option to have a personalized thank you sent directly to them. 
Also, any month that our pledges cover our monthly production costs, which is essentially every single month that we've done this. It is, uh, yeah. We have really wonderful, devoted listeners and fans. So um, we've been able to do a special bonus episode, especially for our patrons every single month. And as soon as we are finished with this recording, uh, we're going to record the Patreon bonus episode for November. Yes. Now... If you would like to get in and all the good action uh, and check out what those bonus Patreon episodes are all about, all you have to do is go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. You can find the information there, or you can also go directly to our Patreon page. That is at Patreon.com slash BigGayFictionPodcast. Want to hang out with us between shows? Check us out on Facebook. You never know what we might post. News about book sales, bonus video content, and maybe even a live broadcast or two. Like us today at facebook.com slash biggayfictionpodcast and see what we get up to next. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, we've got Lisa from The Novel Approach back to talk about some uh, books that she's recommending right now. She's also got a holiday title for us uh, in, inside of this uh, particular batch of recommendations. Looking forward to that. And uh, she also takes a moment to uh, talk about Ethan Day as well. I'm excited, as always, to welcome Lisa back to the podcast. Happy Thanksgiving week. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving week to you, too. So you've got some good books for us because uh, we you, you gave me the list before we started and I'm super excited to hear about the Gregory Ash book because I've been hearing a lot about it from several areas. You know, um, yeah, the the Hazard and Somerset series. Uh, Gregory just released the sixth book in the series, Criminal Past, and this particular book sort of wraps up the overall story arc of of this first chapter in uh, Emery Hazard and John Henry Somerset's story. Um, it, you know what? I, I, I don't see any reason why every single person should not read this series. It's really one of the best mystery police procedural series I have ever had the pleasure of reading. Um, the, the overall arc follows uh, Emery Hazard as he comes back to this uh, smallish town in Missouri, and I always am fearful that I pronounce this wrong because I'm sure I do, Waretawa, Missouri, um, and, and he kind of confronts, he's confronting his past when he comes back uh, to this small town where he was bullied uh, as the only gay kid or the only out gay kid in high school. Um, there was some incredibly violent things that occurred, um, particular with particularly with his first love, Jeff Langham, and so everything is kind of starting uh, to come full circle, or everything is definitely coming full circle in this last book in this particular uh, the part of of their lives, uh, John Henry's and Emery's lives, and and it's just uh, it. it it not only addresses John Henry's and Emery's relationship and, and their past, uh, which is kind of influencing their present relationship right now in some not, not so great ways for, for John Henry. Um, lots of guilt there, uh, lots of reconciling some of his behaviors and, and, and his fears and his doubts of, of 
the fact that, you know, Emery, Emery could, can really, really love him and be committed to this relationship. But on top of all of that, there is political corruption and there's murder and there's intrigue and there's, you know, drugs and white supremacists and, and sex trafficking. And it's just, so amazing how he brought all of these threads together uh, in this final novel. And it's a long one. It's almost 600 pages long. So he really, wow, really that's goes. that's epic. Yeah, he really, really goes all out in this one. And every single sentence and paragraph just is so integral to to everything that's come before it and everything that's going to happen uh, uh, when he decides to come back and revisit these two characters in 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 the next part of of their their lives uh, in the meantime he's actually going to be getting back to one of my other favorite series of his which is a young adult series the hollow folk series um, and I, I think I touched on that in one of the other podcasts uh, that he's going to be revisiting by Elliot. And I think that this is going to be the final uh, the final book in that in that trilogy. He's going to kind of wrap up that story. And then I heard that he's also starting a new mystery series. So he's got some great things coming down the pipe. But but for now, um, you know, Criminal Past is just the the this entire series as I was reading it, you think, okay, where is this all going? But there is <laughs> such an amazing method to his madness through all of these different threads and storylines and, and little things that you think that, how is that significant? And then all of a sudden they're absolutely integral. Uh, and there is such a beautiful, beautiful, um, kind of a redemption moment, a full circle redemption moment in the story that is is so beautifully subtle for for John Henry and Emery uh, at, a, at a hugely critical action danger moment in the story that is just, you know, you, you read it and you think, wow, that's kind of genius there, Mr. <laughs> Ash, you, you really had this plotted out so well. And, and so, yeah, so Gregory Ash's Hazard and Somerset series, if you get yourself anything for Christmas, buy these books. They're just so phenomenal, so phenomenal. The series and the story and the characterization and the, the revelations and just, uh, yeah, the intrigue and corruption. And, and it, it's, it's all really, really fabulous stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to add it because I just keep the last few weeks. I just keep hearing from different areas how good this series is. So yeah, I, I think that it's a, it's a series that it, uh, um, the buzz, it, it, the buzz over it is just it, it really started to take over. Uh, it, I see every so often I'll be flipping through Facebook and I'll see somebody talking about the uh, uh, one of the books or about the series. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> right there with you. It's just really, really fantastic. Really fantastic. And he's and he's such a lovely, lovely person, too. So. Yeah, it's it's great, great series. So what else have you got for us? Uh, my next series, uh, completely kind of flipping uh, gears here, is a series called Dark in the Night. 
It's by a wife and wife writing team called Kelly York and uh, Rowan Altwood. And they have written an absolutely stunningly phenomenal historical gothic horror uh, series. The first book, A Light Amongst Shadows, takes place in, in a boarding school uh, in, in England. And the, the boarding school, of course, is, is your typical gothic horror sort of setting. And I mean, there's, there's ghosts and there's murder and there's just, uh, uh, intrigue. And the two characters, uh, James Spencer and William Escher are introduced. Uh, they're in what we would kind of in America call their junior year of high school. And, uh, the the way that Kelly and Rowan um, not only bring them together is ex just extremely romantic, uh, which sounds weird when people are being murdered by ghosts. But um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but then it, uh, their their pasts are, uh, and I'm not spoiling this because you can see this in the blurbs. Um, their pasts are very. Uh, tragic in, in their their families are just you know their families are horrible uh william is addicted to laudanum so he's got a drug addiction and james uh is coping with the after effects of of uh, sexual abuse and so these two characters are immensely flawed and yet incredibly endearing and lovely and and so uh kelly and rowan just do a fantastic job of not only engaging uh the readers with the characters but then immersing us in the descriptive writing of the story every single encounter um, with the ghosts is just so beautifully laid out and it's so atmospheric to the point when where you find yourself almost like gasping and holding your breath because you get literal jump scares almost, you know, uh, when you're, when you're reading these uh, passages and it's just really, really beautiful. And then, uh, the second book, uh, is more new adults. So it's, uh, it's James and William post-graduation and they are, uh, they work for a, a medium, uh, a spiritualist, um, and so they've been assigned the task of going to investigate a murder in this uh, idyllic pastoral sort of uh, English countryside estate that uh, ends up not being quite so idyllic and, and pastoral and uh, the the walking dead sort of atmosphere and and the the you know the summoning of of this evil and uh, and it's just it's absolutely a stunning stunning series so if you if you like historical if you like gothic horror uh, if you like beautifully written uh, absolutely just uh, enveloping atmosphere in in writing i can't recommend the dark as the night series enough kelly york and rowan altwood they are absolutely talented and and wonderful storytellers it really sounds like a great book just to curl up and like your favorite chair next to a fireplace and just get immersed into that. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, if you're brave enough, you read it with the lights off. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 just really, really just 
uh, came out of, well, I'll tell you, Jacqueline Osborne, who is uh, another one of my uh, favorite authors. Uh, I saw her recommend the book on Facebook. Uh, so it was just one of those things where I was like, ah, you know, I'll give it a try. And now I'm just absolutely, I was absolutely blown away by it. So yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a great, great series, great series. And of course, you know, we got Thanksgiving coming up this week, which means, you know, Christmas right around the corner. <laughs> well, it's been Christmas since Halloween, right? <laughs> it really has. You know, if you're, if you're watching the Hallmark Channel, that's all it's been since Halloween. Yeah. Uh, you've got a Christmas story ready for some holiday reading. I do. I do. Uh, author Lita Blake has written a Christmas story, and it's actually uh, book one in, in a series, uh, a planned series of Christmas stories. Uh, and, and the book is called Mr. Frosty Pants, which is just delightful. Uh, and, and, and it's a, it, it's kind of a, a best friends to ex-best friends to romantic uh, lovers story. Um, oh, just second chances and the questioning of can you go home again? And uh, and and it's a story of of letting go and holding on and finding your courage to to. Uh, take risks and take chances. And, and uh, it's a story of hope in the end. It's very much a story of hope. Um, uh, two men, they're in their early 20s, uh, Casey Stevens and Joel Vreeland, and, and they are, it, it's an opposite sides of the track story. Um, Casey is, is, comes from the wealthy family, is, you know, uh, parents who are very concerned with appearances and, and kind of a social climbing uh, uh, snobs. And, and Joel comes from a, a, a home with a, an abusive, just horrible, horrible father. And, and, and he tr tries so hard to be the faithful son and the good son. And, uh, and, and it's it's about it's a story of just them trying to find their way back to each other and Casey's tenacity and Joel's uh, doubts and, and and insecurities and Casey's uh, just persistence in convincing him, you know that that yes there were mistakes made and and yes I left for college three and a half years ago and never contacted you after I left but they were mitigating circumstances and and so it's just it's it's really a a, a story of of hope at the holidays that is it, I think Lita just did a, a fabulous job um bringing all the warmth and the sentiment uh, around the holidays into a very believable story of, of rekindling um, a, a love that uh, that did not even seem possible to Casey. He was willing to rekindle the friendship because he wasn't aware that 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 uh, Joel was even gay. And so uh, it is just confession and communion over uh, their feelings for each other that they couldn't uh, speak about when when they were young. And so it's just it's just such a beautiful story. Really, really good. Mr. Frosty Pants. It will give you all of those warm, magical holiday feels and smile at the end. That sounds awesome. And I do love the title. 
Yeah, it is. Just it inspired. Is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Joel is is the Mr. Frosty Pants. You know, he's kind of trying to 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 freeze Casey out because he's very hurt and angry still uh, at Casey's perceived abandonment when he left for college. So, so yeah, Mr. Frosty Pants. It's really cute and it fits and it's fun. Excellent. Now, of course, uh, shifting gears a little bit. Uh, this past week, we lost. Uh, someone very dear to the community, as we all learned that Ethan Day passed away. Um, Will and I uh, spoke earlier in the episode uh, about and, and just remembering the man a little bit. Um, I know you wanted to just take a few minutes uh, to to remember him as well. Uh, you know what? This is this is I think one of one of the most shocking. Um, losses that we've experienced in this community. Uh, obviously, we are no stranger to the loss of of friends and authors in the community. Um, but I, I think that Ethan's loss was roundly one of the most tragic losses that we have ever experienced in the community. Um, I think to a person, anyone who was even slightly acquainted with him or someone who considered him a best friend, uh, the one thing that you hear about him was he had such an amazing sense of humor and and it was self-deprecating and he was warm and he was kind and he was gentle. And uh, when I, one of my favorite memories of of his uh, examples of his sense of humor it was a, a blog that I was reviewing for many years ago and we did an interview with Ethan and um, you know of course you you welcome you welcome Ethan it's great to have you here and his reply was it's great to be here usually I don't get that kind of a welcome unless someone's trying to get in my pants <laughs> so you know that was that was just Ethan's, uh, Ethan's, again, that self-deprecation. He just, everything was just so fun and funny. And um, I, I think that, uh, you know, one of my biggest regrets is every year we would always say we need to make plans to sit down and have a meal together. We need to sit down and at least have a cup of coffee together or a drink together. And we never found those moments because he was he was so involved with GRL and so impassioned and so committed to everything going well. And so you would see Ethan here and then you would see him here and you would smile at him in passing in the hallway and 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 those very rare moments when you actually found time to stand and talk to him or sit and talk to him were always so special, so special. And I think one of the, one of the things that, you know, is so, was always so special to him was when he would hear people talking after GRL about what an amazing time it was and, and how much fun we had and how special it was. And, and I, 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 uh, I wish we could all go back to Portsmouth and get a do over and let him now I'm going to start crying. Let him know how special he was to us and to, to this community <clears throat> and how much we loved him, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's going to be missed. He's leaving a big hole, leaving a big hole in the community. And uh, 
there are going to be a lot of people who miss him for many years to come, but he'll never be forgotten. We'll always have his words. Um, right. We'll always have at Piper's Point, and we'll always have his Summit City series, and we'll always have his characters who were quirky and flawed and funny. And we'll always know that a little bit of Ethan was in each and every one of those characters. For sure. Well said. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that interview moment that you had with him too. That, that is so Ethan. Yeah. 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 It, it, it was, uh, Ethan always, uh, tried to keep things lighthearted and, and fun. And he, he, he succeeded so frequently, so yes. frequently. And that came through in his books. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing these books uh, to get people through the winter time. Yeah, and thank uh, you for always giving me just a few minutes of your time. I always appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I, I mentioned in last week's, at the end of last week's show, when we talked about that you were coming on the show, that you always add to my TBR every <laughs> single time because you come with these books that sound so incredible. And you've, of course, done it yet again. Uh, well, I'm always glad to deal. <laughs> always, always glad to deal in the fiction. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Lisa, we wish you and your family a great Thanksgiving and a great holiday season and look forward to having you back shortly after the first of the year. Thank you so much. And same to you. Same to you. Happy holidays. So speaking of the uh, book recommendations that we get on this show, we mentioned Joel kind of put me onto Alice Winter's. Uh, I've taken the leap uh, that Lisa provided as well, and since I talked to her a couple days ago, I have started uh, Gregory Ashe's Hazard and Somerset series uh, back with book one, so I'm sure I'll be talking about that uh, in an upcoming show as well, because already I'm like five chapters in, and I'm already like, oh my god, this is so good! Awesome. Okay, guys, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Coming up next week in episode 164, Danny from Love Bites, she's going to join us with some of her book recommendations as well. Yeah. Always look forward to talking to her, and I'm excited to hear what she's going to give us for Rex this time. All right, everyone. Remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and links to everything discussed in this episode, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday at all major podcast distributors. You can also find us on YouTube. I'm Derek McLean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>